You're listening to Garden Planet with Selena and Karen. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Very good, Karen. Yeah, have you had a good week? Um, probably very busy. Yeah. Just, you know, We everything. both work in schools and it's been a very rainy week and windy, some days, and I just find um, behaviour-wise things get a bit manic. Um, <laughs> probably from me too as well. Um, so, yeah, but tired, but that's all right. We've because got... Friday's a good day. That's when we do our show. Yeah. And um, we've got some really, like, let's move on to some fun topics. Mm. Friday, I call it. Today, what are we talking about? We're talking about the legume family. And yes. we are focusing on peas and beans today. Right. And Karen's going to get all sciencey on you. And she's going to be talking about nitrogen fixation, which is the process what happens inside of the legumes. Fascinating. I can see you just like cringing over there, Selena. Stop it. I want to know. Oh, Um, you do? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. That was just your face. Okay. Can I get some words in as well? Yes, you you may. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not going to go all scientific, but I'll just give you a little bit of a background to get your head around the ideas of this huge, huge plant family uh, called Fabaceae family, yeah. from which peas and beans are a part of. Is that a fancy word for legumes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fabaceae. Good to know. It sounds wonderful. Like it it's does. a fab plant I, I family. I feel like I'm going to name my next child <laughs> that or something. Yeah. Um, So uh, the Fabaceae family does not only include the peas and beans But also vines and trees Okay um, And climbers Oh And all these from the Fabaceae family or the legumes uh, Also fix nitrogen Really? So that is probably the most um, uh, salient feature of the Fabaceae family. So what's a common vine or is it all vines? Are they all nitrogen fixing? Well, peas are actually a vine. Yeah. And beans are a vine too. So um, there's those ones. Um, what wist- about? Wisteria. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, that's a woody vine. Oh, I love wisteria. Um, what about uh, in terms of shrubs and trees? We've got the acacias or the wattles. Oh, Yeah. Um, and also the co-fi. And, um, oh, what's that other one I was thinking of that starts with A? But it's non-legumous. No, it doesn't, doesn't, it's not in that family then, sorry. But, the, yeah, there are non-legumous, there's a few that are non-legumous that nitrogen fix as well. That oh, okay. A there's few. extra. Wow. Mm, yeah. uh, there's also lupins, um, indigo plant, and... Did you know that gorse is one? Really? No, I did not. Ah. Oh, I think I may have been told that a while back, but yeah. Yep. I so, think once upon a time I did. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can sort of tell, aside from looking at the roots, which we'll get into later with the nitrogen fixing, that they are from this family because the leaves are sort of frondy shaped, like they, uh, they come out like in two wings. Like oh, they're like fern type looking, ferny type leaves. Yeah. Um, Would you say that about clover? Yes, because it's kind of sort of 
uh, divides into two, okay, two or right. three. Yep. Yep. Um, and also the flowers. So if you look closely at the flowers, mm. the flowers have sort of two parts to it. One's like a keel, like a little heel or lip. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the petals coming out from that. So, yeah, just look a bit closely at the flowers. And I am see going to. They're kind of like, if you're thinking of a, mm. like a sweet pea, you know, that shape. Mm. It's very pretty shape, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think back. It just feels like so long since I've seen a sweet pea. I know they're just around the corner, though. Um, I'm going to have a good look next time. Look at wisteria. You can picture a wisteria, can't yeah. you? And the flowers of that, they kind of droop and long. Yeah, they do. Beautiful pen- pendulums or pendules. They call it racemes. So um, the the individual flowers of that are all... They sort are. of like have little pouches almost. Yeah. So... Yeah, lovely. That... So all this That's is grouped into the hmm. Fabaceae family. Cool. Um, and so these plants, as we will discuss, are fixed nitrogen essential to the green health of our plants. Mm-hmm. And they can be used as green manure crops. Yeah. Or you don't even have to uh, cut them down at the end. You, but Actually, people do like use the trees as green manure, so they'd they'd cut the or crop the trees, but leave the roots in the ground so yeah. that the, the roots will continue to. I think the aim is I discussed it a little bit in the fixation uh, discussion, but um, the aim is to kill the plants, like so that when they die. The nitrogen is then released, released and yeah, yeah, right. You're you're getting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how about we talk about the nitrogen fixing and then we'll talk go, about our, go on to actually growing peas and beans. Our plants of the week. Yeah, yeah. How yes, about we do, do that? It. And then that'd be kind of cool because then when it gets to the plants of the week, people will have a real true understanding of what <gasps> you're talking about. Yes. Hey, so, um, nitrogen fixation is a process by which molecular nitrogen in the air, which is, I'm sure most people would be familiar with nitrogen, nitrogen, carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. oxygen, and I think there's a few other ones, but in the air. So, that is converted into ammonia or related nitrogenous soil compounds. <gasps> Okay. Atmospheric nitrogen is a relatively non-reactive molecule that is metabolically useless to all but a few microorganisms. However, it is the process of biological nitrogen fixation that converts the nitrogen, which has diffused from the atmosphere to the soil into ammonia, which is then converted to ammonium. So the nitrogen is actually diffused into the soil. Mm-hmm. It's still in like gaseous form. Okay. Yeah. And then what happens is the legumes then do their business and oh. they fix it. Okay. Um, and turning it into ammonia, which is then turned into ammonium. Mm-hmm. Now, in soil chemistry, which is highly, highly important in pretty much everything uh, earth-related, mm-hmm. uh you for a plant or yeah i think all plants you require uh f- to get the nitrogen into them for the green yes. side of it you require this um 
I found out through the study there's three forms you can get, which are urea, mm-hmm. nitrate, and ammonium. Now, the fertilizers that they synthesize, or man-made um, fertilizers, are a big one is um, ammonium nitrate. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 So they, that's a big popular one because you've got both your ammonium and your nitrate forms mm-hmm. of nitrogen. Ammonium is slower to release, whereas nitrates are quickly absorbed by plants, okay. very easily, readily yeah. absorbed. It's a little bit of chemistry there for you. But yeah, interesting, nonetheless. Um, so yeah, so inorganic nitrogen compounds such as ammonium are required for the biosynthesis of all nitrogen-containing organic compounds such as amino acids, proteins, and nucleic acids. So for this reason, it is fair to say that nitrogen fixation is essential to life. Being part of the nitrogen cycle, this process is therefore essential to agriculture, as well as being relevant to the manufacture of all nitrogen compounds, including explosives. Go forks! Oh, yes. Uh, and fertilisers and some pharmaceuticals too. Okay. So yeah. there you go. And um, anyone that's keen on making bombs. Right. So uh, in the... So, yeah, it's true, though. The bomb industry is massive. Well, I was thinking thunder and lightning um, that's said to fix nitrogen. That's, yes, I was just about to touch on that. Yes. Yeah. And the earth, nitrogen fixation is carried out naturally in the soil by microorganisms. So that's earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, these organisms are termed diazotrophs. And all biological reactions in the earth involving the process of nitrogen fixation are catalyzed by iron-containing enzymes called nitrogenases. Again, enzymes are everywhere. Most things, especially, um, you know, of the organic nature require enzymes. So that's a major one. I don't think if we didn't have those, yeah. Of interest, and this is where the lightning, nitrogen fixation occurs naturally in the air by means of lightning. And it is then by means of rainfall that the ammonia and nitrate enter the soil. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously when you've got lightning, you've got rain to go with it. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I just love it when there is a big storm and then afterwards there's the rain and yeah. And I never realised that it it was all contributing to our soil health too. That's cool. Yeah. Also worth mentioning is that of the presence of nitrogen fixation in the marine world. Oh, okay. One such marine-dwelling microorganism called cyanobacteria actually plays a key role in both the carbon and nitrogen cycle of the biosphere and is capable of fixing twice as much nitrogen compared to that on land. It's fat. The, the, oh. You know, it's so weird because, like, we do a gardening show, but there's so many times when we've touched on things that are also in the marine world, yes. which is not a world I'm a huge fan of. The ocean kind of freaks me out a bit, and mm. um, nice. but it's you know, I, it's given me a real appreciation of that world, and like, yeah, the oxygen produced from the oceans yeah. is immense too, more so than more the, so than the forests, yeah. yeah. So, um, root nodule symbiosis. Mm-hmm. This is the process which happens in the legumes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some nitrogen-fixing bacteria have a symbiotic relationship with plant groups, especially legumes, but not strictly re- legumes. I discovered there are... Uh. 
on that yet. Yeah. But I'm not going to get too much in that because we're focusing on legumes today. But that's just an interesting fact. They contain symbiotic rhizobia bacteria within the nodules in their root systems, producing nitrogen compounds which help the plant to grow and compete with other plants. The root nodules, being abundant sources of nitrogen, make legumes a relatively rich source in plant proteins. So that's why things like um, your chickpeas and your... What are those other ones you put in soups? Um, the flat seed. Lentils. Lentils, they're a legume. Yeah. They're all really good, especially for people that are vegetarian that aren't getting their protein yes. through meats yeah. because of the, that nitrogen source in there. Mm. Yeah, so that's the science behind that. When the plant dies, all of its remaining nitrogen in the form of amino acids is released back into the soil. Once in the soil, the amino acids are converted to nitrate, which is awesome because it's so readily absorbed, mm. making the nitrogen available to other plants. The fixed nitrogen is released. I think I just reread that, but yeah. And so this is why it serves as a fertilizer. And in many traditional and organic farming practices, crop rotation involving legumes is common. By alternating between legumes and non-legumes, sometimes planting non-legumes two times in a row and then a legume, the field usually receives a sufficient amount of nitrogenous compounds to produce good results. It is for this reason that legumes are sometimes referred to as green manure, as you touched on just before. Mm. So that's, it wasn't too scary. No, no. I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm up for this this morning. No, but the the ammonia thing that I, yeah, I got something from there. I thought, how does it actually get into absorbed? So, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's all done by the microorganisms. So when we do chuck those synthetic ones on, mm. they're still having to do a certain amount of work okay. to convert it into, they call it nitrogen assimilation or something, so that the plant's actually able to then and use then it. So why we... our, that's why our soil health is so, it's yeah. fascinating. I'm becoming quite interested in soil chemistry and stuff. I kind of think, why do we need the chemical fertilisers if we are, are growing our legumes? Yeah, well, things? I reckon that would make for a really good topic. Don't mm. you, Selena? We should really look into the um, ben- pros and cons of synthetic fertilisers. Because you hear a lot about, like, nitrate leaching. Yeah, because it's so readily absorbed or not absorbed it then runs into our water supplies uh. and can be very dangerous mm. and cancer-forming and and create growth in areas along, you know, water banks where you don't want growth and it, and it causes that, that funny sort of algae to become prolific in the yeah. waterways and all that kind of thing. It causes quite a bit of havoc. Um, and the other thing is with urea, I can't remember the exact chemical structure of that it's got a carbon in there and an oxygen as well and your nitrogen nitrogenous mm. whatever but that long term that's a very popular synthetic fertilizer yes. use they 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 um fly it i, I remember on the farm yeah, yeah they used to drop it all over the place with planes um that long term can actually cause your soil to be acidic Oh, okay. And therefore, you can have problems with your soil acidity long term, and then that can affect the microbes so in you the might soil. Get a big so boost 
the initial crops. And then, yeah. So again, not forward thinking. Yeah. You're thinking about your short term gains. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so. you might see a lot of these fertilizer, artificial ones in your garden centre, and they'll say how much N, how much P and K. N's the nitrogen, and yeah, if you put too much on. Yeah. It, so. It's yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's a big topic and one I would like to get into. But should we? Because there's lots of other things. You've got your phosphates as well, oh and your um, you know all of those. So I think that there is an I don't know. I need to look more into it. I don't want to be one of these people that goes it's bad, bad, bad because hmm. I'm pretty sure I eat a lot of foods that have been grown using them. Because <laughs> I, I don't always buy organic, no. so yeah, um, yeah. Okay. I think it's definitely worth. So, so let's yeah. crack into our um, plants of the week. Of all the saddest words that I have ever heard, the saddest is a story told me by a bird. You'd spend about an hour chatting with a flower, and here's the tale the flower told. Quote, I'm a lonely little petunia and an onion patch. Our plant of the week. Well, I've put two in here, but I'm more going to focus on the beans or the peas and beans. Okay. You've confused me. <laughs> so peas, not, and, not peas and beans are our plants of the yes. week. And because they're part of the legume family and we eat them, I just thought we should have a more closer look at them and how to grow them. Oh, I thought you were going to choose between one peas or beans or have a preference. Were you? Um, I'm just going to touch, well, my preferences for the bean at this time yeah. of year. Because oh, that's a, that's a, you put me on the spot. I was like, <laughs> oh, which one are you going to choose? Oh, which one are we doing? No, no, no. Um, and I'm just mentioning peas because uh, at the moment the beautiful sweet peas are flowering. Oh, are they? Yes. Have we got some down at the community garden? Um, well, there's a lot in my own garden. Yeah. But you can't eat sweet peas. They're no. Just nice. They're to just have. really pretty. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to have to have a look in my garden. Okay. So the beans uh, for us gardeners that we're most familiar with, um, there's three types, and the one there's two that we might want to grow or think about growing right now. Okay, you've got your broad beans, which yep. is the green manure crops, as you mentioned, which grow in the cool season, and they are actually the best ones to fix nitrogen. Yeah. Um, they, but are they they're yummy too, though? Oh, they're yummy. So you can get food from them. Yes. And you can, once they die off, yep. they'll benefit. Oh, yep. what a great crop. Yep. So you just cut, cut them down and put their... Um, growth back into the soil and their roots will stay in the soil and yeah. they will give your next crop nitrogen. So that's wonderful. But at the moment, though, it's not the season to plant those ones. We're looking at the climbing beans or the runner beans mm-hmm. and the dwarf beans. Right. So um, you can plant both or you can choose one or the other. depends on your situation. The climbing beans need something to climb on so you've got to maybe have a trellis or some bamboo poles make a teepee or something yep. um the dwarf beans don't so depends on your situation so they don't, the dwarf beans don't need any sort of structure not even a short one no all right no, they'll just they're fine they're like they grow about a they, foot they grow in little bushes oh yeah yeah um they're 
the well, bush beans or dwarf beans aren't so good at fixing the nitrogen as the broad beans. They fix a little, but yeah. not as much, which is why you probably wouldn't grow them as a green manure crop. Okay, strictly. <laughs> I think it, I think a really good uh, green manure crop is just as an aside is lupins. Isn't yes. that supposed to be a really good one? Yep, that's a real good one. Yeah. Um, Anyway. But you can't eat lupins, no. that's the thing. <laughs> so back to something we can eat. So back so. to something to edibles. Um, actually, I think the green beans of the climbing and um, dwarf variety are much tastier than broad beans. Oh, yeah. It depends yeah. on your preference. I think. I just think broad beans, I just always think like um, t- tough and my mum's English <laughs> and I just eat dinner you know, like you gotta <laughs> soggy, big, tasteless. You gotta pick them when they're young. <laughs> yeah, because she'd just freeze them or she'd bumper crops. And, yeah. yeah, they produce well actually. They, they do, eh? These are yeah. you grow broad beans, yeah. you're guaranteed you, of a crop. You gotta be picking them all the time. <laughs> so be prepared. Like get your um, basket and your hampers out yeah. when you're growing these. And your hat, if you could yeah. be there a while. Yeah, and every day you need to pick them because then when you pick them, then they'll produce more and then yeah, it keeps going. Um, when you're growing them, you want to, you can start growing them now. Um, they're not so good transplanted, so grow them direct where they are going to grow. Oh, right. Yeah. Direct from seed. Yeah. Yeah. And as they grow, you can successively plant them so you can continue so why the heck are the guns you just growing them in pots then? Plastic pots. I if have grow, no idea. Are, yeah. I mean, okay. beans are so easy to grow and the seeds are quite big, so you're not fiddling yeah. with them. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. not really understanding what the market oh, is. No, for, I just don't think we're educating people. <laughs> so easy to grow. Children can grow them. Yeah. They love growing yeah. beans. Yeah, um, we sh- I reckon being uh, as in being in schools, we should dedicate at least one block every day to growing stuff. Mm. Anyway, um, I'm not biased at all. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you can even sprout them in jars. Yeah, um, and that goes for peas as well to eat the bean sprouts. So um, if you don't want, you don't have a say a plot yeah. of ground to grow them on, you can you can sprout them. Wow. Um, Another um, sprout you can sprout that's a legume is the alfalfa yes. sprout. Yeah. I discovered. Very tasty. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, think about them because if you go into the, say, the bulk food barn or wherever you get your, your grains and your, you know, your... Well, you can, yeah, I mean, they, you can go to any supermarket yeah. now, pretty and, much. And there will be beans and lentils. Yeah. You can actually try, try growing them, try, try growing something different, like soybeans. Oh, right. Yeah. But I don't know if you'd be able to grow them from, like, the bulk. They, I if think they're not too, like, treated, processed. That will, um, oh, if they're not, like, cooked. They, I, I'm pretty sure they, they would be treated in some way. Yeah. Uh, mung beans are Oh, aren't they? Oh. So they just dry really easily yeah. and then they... Yeah. Okay. It'll probably say it on the sign anyway. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just focus on the dwarf beans because I think that's the one I'm going to try growing this season again. Um, last year I grew butter beans, which were climbing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year I think I'm going to go for the dwarf beans because yeah. I won't need a, fly, a frame for them. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're smaller. Yeah, they're smaller. They're easy and quick. And, uh, but the actual bean, is it like a smaller bean or is it just a dwarf because it's like a bush? 
Well, because it's a bush. Oh, yeah. The beans are pretty much the okay. sort of average size. It yeah. doesn't mean that the beans are small. Okay, right. <laughs> um, so right now is a good time to grow them because the soil is nice and warm. Um, yeah, plant them straight in the ground where they are to grow, do successful sowings, um, make sure that they have enough shelter and the soil is kept moist. And do they need lots of sun? Uh, it's good to have them in sun, but you could get away with planting them in partial shade. Okay. Um, because as the summer goes on, they'll get, you know, yeah. might be too hot for them in Auckland, so... Um, you could get That'd away with right. a bit of a little bit and, of shade. and especially if they're cl- the, you're growing the climbing kind, they will probably grow towards it anyway. Yeah, um, and then yeah, keep picking them because then they'll crop more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just eat them or store them in the fridge. So when you pick them, do you? I just remember mum and my aunties getting a just a sharp knife. Yes, and then they're just like just yeah. just whip it off. Yeah. Like that. Yep. Is that the best you way? Can, you can, or you, you can, can use a knife, or you can snap them off with your thumb. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter as long as they're picked. Just make sure you've yeah. sure you've got a good sized basket. Y- yes. Yeah. Um, but the tip you use leave a few on to keep the seeds for the next season because you know you want to keep the best ones so you can grow them on next time. It's, yeah, if, especially if it's been a successful crop yep. and you've like, yeah, it's survived yep. maybe your neglect from time to time and it's produced lots, that is definitely worth a seed. Mm. Keeping that seed tucked away. Yes. Dry it in the cupboard yep. in a paper bag yep. and then you're good to go and keep some for your friends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Beans come in many colours, like you got yellow ones, purple ones, yeah, green ones. I've grown purple ones before. Yeah. And you can get really, really long, long ones. Yeah. The, or the Asian the, variety ones. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as your arm. Holy. So it depends on the variety that you like. So there's plenty of varieties around. What's that variety that's like the, the sort of like round like a finger? And it'd be about oh. ten cents. They have them in bags quite a lot in the supermarket. What's sure that variety? Because it's not—they're not flat so much as the ones I've seen in the garden or gardens. Oh, string. Bean? Not, or maybe it no. is a string bean. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, the difference between the—they um, f- call them French climbing beans—and then there's runner beans. So if you're growing the r- climbing ones, of course, make sure you've got your trellis or your bean poles or whatever in place before. Um, so the runner beans, they're bee-pollinated, but the French beans, they're self-pollinated. So there's a different uh, in the kind of way that they uh, produce their beans. So self, when they're self-pollinated, that means that they've got um, yeah. a male and female yeah. plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, pretty much the same conditions as the dwarf beans, but just make sure you have a climbing frame for them. Yes. Yes. Oh, well. And then you that have sounds simple enough. Wonderful, tasty dish. And healthy soil. Yeah. Healthy body and healthy soil. Yeah. And then at the end, when you just cut them down, leave the roots in the soil, then they'll nutritiously feed 
whatever's coming next. Awesome. Mm. Well, that sounds like something maybe I could uh, and the listeners could manage, I reckon, Selena. Very easy. Yeah. Get your children to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I will, so long as I can keep them sitting still for five minutes. You can tell that them. That would probably be a great, great task, actually. Tell them the Get story them of the Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, well, that's great, Selena. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's about all we've got time for. Mm. Have we got time for anything else to Maybe just or? to say about some good companions would be. Okay. So good companions for beans are carrots, cucumbers, cabbage, lettuce, peas, parsley and cauliflower. Okay. And also potatoes. Yep. And sweet corn. The beans can actually grow up with sweet corn. And they're not so good? Uh, Yes. So don't plant these near your beans. They don't like them. Uh, They don't like onions, garlic, fennel, leeks and gladioli. Okay. Thank you for that, Selena. So anything strong, smelling, pungenty, is that a word? Don't plant your beans next to them. Mm. Great. Okay, well, that's it for today. Yep. Keep Thanks your, for listening. Keep your beans happy, and I'm going to go plant some. Awesome, me too. Yeah. Happy gardening, everyone. See you all. Turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn.